This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary Anderson. Michael O'Halloran, Chapter 13 A Safe Proposition. Suppose you do own a grouch, what's the use of displaying it on your show window? Mickey. When Mickey posted his letter, in deep thought he slowly walked home, and that night his eyes closed with a feeling of relief. He was certain that when Peter and his wife and children talked over the plan he had suggested, they would be anxious to have such a nice girl as Lily in their home for a week. He even went so far as the vague thought that if they kept her until fall, they never would be able to give her up and possibly she could remain with them until he could learn whether her back could be cured, and make arrangements suitable for her. In his heart he felt sure that Mr. Bruce or Miss Leslie would help him take care of her, but he had strong objections to them. He thought the country with its clean air, birds, flowers, and quiet the best place for her. If he allowed them to take her, she would be among luxuries which would make all he could do useless and unappreciated. She wasn't born to things like that. What's the use to spoil her with them, he argued. Course they haven't spoiled Miss Leslie, but she wasn't a poor kid to start on, and she has a father to take care of her and Mr. Bruce. Lily has only me, and I'm going to manage my family myself. Pretty soon those nice folks will come, and if she likes them, maybe I'll let them take her till it's cooler. Mickey had thought they would come soon, but he had not supposed it would be the very next day, as it was. He went downtown early, spent a little time drilling his protege in the paper business, and had the office ready when Douglas Bruce arrived an hour late. During that hour, Mickey's call came, and he made an appointment to meet Mr. and Mrs. Peter Harding at Marsh and Jordan's at four o'clock. Peter must have wanted to see her so bad he quit plowing to come, commented Mickey, as he hung up the receiver. He couldn't have finished that field last night. They're just crazy to see Lily, and when they do, they'll be worse yet. But of course they wouldn't want to take her from me, because they got three of their own. I guess Peter is the safest proposition I know. Of course he wouldn't ever put a little flowersy girl in any old orphan's home. Sure he wouldn't. He wouldn't put his own there. Course he wouldn't mine. Mickey, what do you think? asked Douglas as he entered. I've moved to the country. Mickey stared. Then came his slow comment. Gee, the cows and the clover gets all of us. I can beat that, said Douglas. I'm going to live beside a lake where I can swim every night and morning and catch big bass and live on strawberries from the vines and cream straight from the cow. I thought you'd get to the cow before long. And you were invited to go out with me as often as you want to. And you may arrange to have Lily out, too. Won't that be fine? Mickey hesitated, and his eyes grew speculative, before he answered with his ever-ready, Sure. Miss Swinton made a plan for her father and me, explained Douglas. She knew that both of us would lose our vacations this summer, so she took an old cabin on Atwater and moved out. We are to go back and forth each morning and evening. I never was at the lake before, but it's not far from the clubhouse, and it's beautiful. 
I think most of all I shall enjoy the swimming and fishing. I haven't had experience with water enough to swim in, said Mickey. A tub has been my limit. You'll have a fine time, all right, and thank you for asking me. I think Miss Winton is great. Ain't it funny how many fine folks there are in the world? Most everyone I meet is too nice for any use. But I don't know any swell dames. My people are just common folks. You wouldn't call Miss Winton a swell dame, then? Well, I should say Nix, cried Mickey. You wouldn't catch her motoring away to a party and leaving her baby to be slapped and shook out of its breath by a mad nurse lady. Cause she left it herself where the sun hurt its eyes. She wouldn't put a little girl that couldn't walk in any orphan's home where no telling what might happen to her. She'd fix her a precious child and take her for a ride in her car and be careful with her. Are you quite sure about that, Mickey? Surest thing you know, said Mickey emphatically. Why, look her straight in the eyes and you can tell. I saw her coming away down the street, and the minute I got my peepers on her, I picked her for a winner, and I guess you did, too. I certainly did, said Douglas, but it is the most important that I be perfectly sure, and would like to have your approval of my choice. I guess you're kidding now, ventured Mickey. No, I'm in earnest, said Douglas Bruce. You see, Mickey, as I have said before, your education and mine have been different, but yours is equally valuable. What shall I do now? Excuse me, I mean, what do I mean? asked Mickey. To wait until I'm ready for you, suggested Douglas. Sure, conceded Mickey. It's because I'm used to hopping so lively on the streets. Do you miss the streets? inquired Douglas. Well, not so much as I thought I would, said Mickey. Sides, in a way, I'm still on the job, but I guess I'll get Henry's boy so he can do it all right. He seems to be doing fairly well, so does the old man. Have you got him in training, too? asked Douglas. Oh, it's his mug, explained Mickey impatiently. Suppose you do own a grouch. What's the use of displaying it on your show window? These things are dangerous. They're contagious. Seeing a fellow on the street looking like he'd never smile again makes other folks think of their woes, and pretty soon everybody gets sorry for themselves. I'd like to see the whole world happy. Mickey, what makes you so happy today? I sent something nice in the air, said Mickey. I hear the rumble of the joy wagon coming my way. You surely look it, declared Douglas. It's a mighty fine thing to be happy. I'm especially thinking that, because it looks like this last batch you brought me has a bad dose in it for a man I know, he won't be happy when he sees his name in letters an inch high on the front page of the Herald. No, he won't, agreed Mickey, his face dulling. That comes in my line. I've seen men forced to take it right on the cars, open a paper, slide down, turn white, shiver, then take a brace and try to sit up and look like they didn't care. When you could see it was all up with them. Gee, it's tough. I wish we were in other business. But what about the men who work hard for their money, not to mince matters, that these men you are pitying steal? Yes, I know, said Mickey. But there's a big bunch of taxpayers, so it doesn't hit any one so hard. It's tough on them, but honest, Mr. Bruce, it ain't as tough to lose your coin as it is to lose your glad face. You could earn more money or slide along without so much, but once you get the slick shame look on your show window, you can't ever wash it off. 
Since your face is what your friends know you by, it's an awful pity to spoil it. That's so too, Mickey, laughed Bruce. But keep this clearly in mind. I'm not spoiling anyone's face. If any man loses his right to look his neighbor frankly in the eye, from the job we're on, it's his fault, not ours. If men have lived straight, we can't find defalcations in their books, can we? Nope, agreed Mickey. Just the same, I wish we were plowing corn instead of looking for them. That plowing job is awful nice. I watched a man the other day, the grandest big bunch of bone and muscle driving a team it took a gladiator to handle. First time I ever saw it done at close range, and it got me. He looked like a man you'd want to tie to and stick till the war is over. If he ever has a case, he's going to bring it to you. But where he'll get a case out there ten miles from anybody, with the bluest sky you ever saw over his head, and black fields under his feet, and clover and cows on one side, and sheep and meadows on the other, I can't see. Yes, I wish we were plowing for corn instead of trouble. You little dunce, laughed Douglas. We'd make a fortune plowing corn. What's the difference how much you make if something black keeps kai-eyeing at your heels about how you make it, asked Mickey. There's a good strong kick in my heels, and the kai-eyeing is for the feet of the man I'm after. Yes, I know, said Mickey, but fore we get through with this, I just got a hunch that you'll wish we had been plowing corn too. What makes you so sure, Mickey? asked Douglas. Oh, things I hear men say when I get the books keep me thinking, replied Mickey. What things? queried Douglas. Oh, about who's going to get the axe next, said Mickey. But what of that? asked Douglas. Why, it might be somebody you know, he cried. When you find these wrong entries, you can't tell who made them. I know that the man who made them deserves what he gets, said Douglas. Yes, I guess he does, agreed Mickey. Well, go on. But when I grow up, I'm going to plow corn. What about the poetry? queried Douglas. They go fine together, explained Mickey. When the book is finished, I believe I'd like clover on the cover better than the cow. But if Lily wants the livestock, it goes. Of course, assented Douglas, but when she sees a real cow, she may change her mind. Right in style. Ladies do it often, conceded Mickey. I've seen them so changeful they couldn't tell when they called a taxi where they wanted to be taken. Mickey, your observations on human nature would make a better book than your poetry. Oh, I don't know, said Mickey. You see, I ain't really got at the poetry job yet. I have to be educated a lot to do it right. What I do now I wouldn't show to anybody else. It's just fooling for Lily. I got an address that gives me a look in on the paper business if I ever wanted. I ain't got at the poetry yet, but I've been on the human nature job from the start. When you go cold and hungry, if you don't know human nature, why, you know it, that's all. You surely do, said Douglas. Now let's hustle this forenoon, and then you may have the remainder of the day. I'm going fishing. Thank you, said Mickey. I hope you get a bass as long as your arm, and I hope the man you are chasing breaks his neck before you get him. Mickey grinned at Douglas's laugh, and went racing about his work happily. Then he helped on his paper route until near four, when he hurried to his meeting with Nancy and Peter.
When everybody is so nice, if you give them any show at all, I can't understand where the grouchers get their grouch, muttered Mickey, as he hopped from one toe to the other, and tried to select the car at the curb, which would be Peter's. Hey, you, presently called a voice from one of them, and Mickey sent a keen glance over a boy who had just come up and entered the car. Straw you, retorted Mickey, and landed on the curb in a flying leap. Is your name Mickey? inquired the boy. Yep. Is your father's name Peter? asked Mickey. Yep. And mine is Peter, too. So to avoid two Peters, I'm Junior. Come on, in, till the folks come. Formalities were over. Mickey laughed appreciatively as he entered the car, and straight away began an investigation of its machinery. Now any boy is proud to teach another something he wants to know, and does not. So by the time the car was thoroughly explained, any listener would have thought them acquaintances from birth. Hurry, cried Junior, when his parents came. I want to get home with Mickey. I want him to show me. Don't you hurry your folks, Junior, said Mickey. I'll show you all right. Well, it's about time I was seeing something. Sure it is, agreed Mickey. Come on with me here, and I'll show you what real boys are. Say, father, I'm coming, you know, cried Junior. I'm tired poking in the country. Just look what being in the city is made of Mickey. Yes, just look, cried Mickey, waving both hands and bracing on feet wide apart. Do look. Your age or more and about half your beefsteak and bone. But you got muscle. I bet I couldn't throw you. I bet you couldn't either, retorted Mickey, because I survived Multiopolis by being Johnny not on the spot. I've dodged for my life and my living since I can remember. I'm champeen on that. But you come on with me, and I'll get you a job and let you try yourself. I'm coming, said Junior. Then remembering he was not independent, he turned to his mother. Can't I take a job and work here? Mrs. Harding braced herself and succumbed to habit. That will be as your father says. Junior turned toward his father, doubt in his eye, and received a shock. There was not a trace of surprise or disapproval on the face of Peter. Now maybe that would be the best way in the world for you to help me out, he said. You see me through planting and harvest, and then I'll arrange to spare you, and you can see how you like it till fall. But of course you are too young yet to give up school. I don't agree to you interrupting your education. I don't want the kind of a numbskull on my hands who thinks Christopher Columbus signed the Declaration of Independence. Mrs. Harding entered the car. Now, Mickey, she said, as she distributed parcels, you sit up there with Peter and show him the way, and we will see if we want to undertake the care of your little girl for a week. Drop the anchor, furl the sail right here, directed Mickey when they reached Sunrise Alley. You know I told you, dearest lady, about how scared my little girl is, having seen so few folks, and not expecting you. So I'll have to ask you to wait a few minutes till I go up and get her used to your being here, and then I'll have to sort of work her up to you one at a time. I spect you can't hardly believe that there's anything in all the world so little and so white that's lived to have the brain she has, and yet hasn't seen the streets of this city but for a piece in a streetcar twice in her life, and for all I know hasn't talked to half a dozen people. She may take you for a bear, Peter. You will be quiet and easy, won't you? Why, Mickey, said Peter, why, of course, son, why, I can hardly sense it like you say, but by Jove, I do feel my knees going down. I guess I am going to kneel to her. 
"'Yes, I guess you are,' said Mickey dryly. "'I saw one peep at her bring Mr. Douglas Bruce to his prayer bones, "'and maybe yours ain't any stiffer.' "'Mickey bounded up the stairs and swung wide his door. "'Again the awful heat hit him in the face. "'He swallowed a mouthful and hastily shut the door. "'It's hard on Lily,' was his mental comment. "'But I guess I'll just save that for Mr. and Mrs. Peter. "'I think a few gulps of it will do them good.' It will show them, better than talking, why, once she's out of it, she shouldn't come back till cold weather at the least, if at all. Yes, I guess. Most baked, honey, he asked, taking her hot hands and bending over the child. Mickey, taint near six, she panted. No, it's two hours early, said Mickey. But you know, flowersy girl, I'm going to take care of you. Now it's getting too hot for you here. Don't you remember what I told you last night? "'About laying on the grass and the clover flowers?' "'Exactly, yes,' said Mickey. "'Fore we melt, let's roll up this sheet and go, Lily. "'What do you say?' "'Has has the red berry folks come?' she cried. "'They're downstairs, Lily. They're waiting.' "'Peaches began climbing into his arms. "'Mickey, Mickey, love us, hold me tight,' she panted. "'Mickey, I'm scared, just God-damned!' "'Whoop, whoop, lady, none of that!' cried Mickey, aghast. "'The place where you're going, there's a nice little girl "'that never said such a word in all her life, "'and if she did, her mammy would wash the badness out of her mouth with soap, "'just like I'll have to wash out yours if you don't watch. "'You can't go in the big car, being held tight by me, "'else you promise cross your heart never, not never, to say that again.' "'Mickey will soap and take it out?' wailed Peaches. "'Well, my mammy took it out of me that way. "'Mickey, get the soap and wash and scour it all out now "'so's I can't ever. "'Mickey, quick, before the nice lady comes "'that has flower fields and red berries and honey lasses. "'Mickey, hurry!' "'Oh, you fool little sweet kid,' he half laughed, half sobbed. "'You fool little precious child kid, I can't. "'There's a better way. "'I'll just put on a kiss so tight "'that no bad swearings will ever pop out past it. "'There, like that. "'Now you won't ever say one for the nice little girl, "'and when I don't want you to so bad, will you? "'Not ever, Mickey. "'Not never, never, never,' protested Peaches. "'The folks can't wait any longer,' said Mickey. "'Here, quick, I'll wash your face and comb you "'and get a clean nighty on you and your sweetest ribbon.' "'Then it's pink,' declared Peaches decidedly. "'And, Mickey, make me a pretty girl "'so's the nice lady will like me to drink her milk.' "'Greedy,' said Mickey. "'How can I make you pretty when the Lord ain't?' "'Ain't I pretty any at all?' queried Peaches. "'Maybe you would be if you'd fatten up a little,' said Mickey judicially. "'Can't anybody be pretty that's got bones sticking out all over em. "'Mickey, is the girl while we are going pretty?' "'I don't know,' said Mickey. "'I haven't seen her. "'She's a fine little girl, for she's at home taking care of her baby brother.' "'so's that her mammy can come and see if you were nice enough to go to her house "'and not spoil her children, see?' "'Peaches nodded comprehendingly. "'Mickey, I won't again,' she insisted. "'I said not. Never, never, never. Didn't you hear me?' "'Yes, I heard you,' said Mickey, applying the washcloth, "'slipping on a fresh nightdress, brushing curls, "'and tying the ribbon with fingers shaking with excitement and haste. "'Yes, I heard you. But that stuff seems to come awful easy, miss.' "'You got to be careful no end. "'Now I'm going to bring them. "'You just keep still and smile at them, 
and when they ask you tell them the right answer nice will you honey will you sure surest thing you know quoted peaches promptly ah groaned mickey that ain't right miss leslie wouldn't ever said that you got that from me too guess i better soap out my own mouth for i begin on you yes ma'am is the answer now you remember i'll just bring in the lady first i want to see peter first announced peaches well if i ever cried mickey peter is a great big man about twice as big as mr bruce you don't either you want to see the nice lady first cause it's up to her to see if she'll take care of you she may get mad and not let you go at all if you ask to see peter first you want to see the nice lady first don't you lily yes if i got to to see the cow but i don't said lily i want to see peter i like peter best now you look here miss chicken don't you start a tantrum cried mickey if you don't see this nice lady first and be pretty to her i'll just go down and tell them you like lying here roasting and they can go back to their flower fields and berries see peaches drew a deep breath but her eyes were willful a wave of heat seemed to envelop them sweat it out right now ordered mickey when people do things for you cause you are in such a fix they are sorry for you it's up to you to be polite to pay back with manners at least see peaches smile was irresistible mickey i feel so plite i'll see the nice lady first now there is a real sure enough lady mickey stooped to kiss peaches again take a last look at the hair ribbon and straighten the sheet then he ran but he closed in the heat quickly as he slipped through the doorway a few seconds later with the harding family at his heels he again approached it then he made his second speech he addressed it to peter and junior cause she's so little and so scared i guess the nice lady better go in first and make up with her and then one at a time you can come so seeing so many strangers won't all upset her peter assented heartily but with a suffocating gesture removed his coat and junior followed his example mickey cut short something about extreme heat on the lips of mrs harding by indicating the door and opening it he quickly closed it after her and advanced to peaches lily this is the nice lady i was telling you of who has got the birds singing in the flower fields he began peaches drew back and shrank in size her eyes wide with wonder and excitement but her mind followed mickey's lead and she shocked his sense of propriety by adding and the good red berries but mrs harding came from an environment where to have good red berries spicy smoked ham fat chickens and golden loaves constituted a first test of efficiency to have her red berries appreciated did not offend her if peaches had said the sweetest biggest red berries in noble county the woman would have been delighted because that was her private opinion but she was not so certain that corroboration was unpleasant she advanced gazing at the child and consciously gasping the stifling air she took one hurried glance at the room in its scrupulous bareness with waves of heat from miles of city roof pouring in the open window and bent over peaches won't you come out of this awful heat quickly and let us carry you away to a cool shady place dear little girl don't you want to come she questioned is mickey coming too asked peaches of course mickey is coming too said the lady will he hold me 
"'He will if you want him to,' said Mrs. Harding. "'But Peter is so much bigger it wouldn't tire him a mite.' Mickey shifted on his feet and gazed at Peaches. As her eyes sought his, the message he telegraphed her was so plain that she caught it right. "'Mickey is just awful strong,' she said. "'I'll go if he'll hold me, but I want to see Peter. I like Peter.' "'Why, you darling!' cried the nice lady. "'And I like Junior that Mickey told me about, "'and your sweet little girl that I mustn't ever, never, never say no sw- "'Peter promptly applied the flat of his hand to the lips of the astonished child. "'And you like the little girl and the fat toddly baby?' he prompted. "'Yes,' agreed Peaches enthusiastically, twisting away her head. "'And I like the milk and the meat?' "'Gee, I like the meat, only Mickey wouldn't give me but a tiny speck "'till he asked the sunshine nurse lady.' "'You blessed child,' cried Miss Nancy Harding. "'Call Peter quickly.' Mickey opened the door swiftly. He was still conserving heat, and signaled Peter and Junior. "'She likes you. She asked for you. "'You can both come at once,' he announced, "'holding the door at a narrow crack until they reached it, "'both red-faced, dripping and fanning with their hats.' Peter gasped for air. "'My God! Has any living child been cooped up in this all day?' he roared. "'Get her out! Get her out quick! Get her out first and talk afterwards. This will give her scarlet fever!' A shrill shout came from behind the intervening lady, who arose and stepped back, as Peaches raised to her elbow and stretching a shaking hand toward Peter. "'Gee, Peter, you get your mouth soaped out first, she cried. "'Gee, Peter, I like you, Peter.' Peter bent over her, and then stooping to her level, he explored her with astonished eyes, as he cried, "'Why, child, you ain't big enough for an exclamation point.' Peaches didn't know what an exclamation point was, but Mickey did, and his laugh brought him again into her thought. "'Mickey, let's beat it. Take me quick,' she panted. "'Take me first and talk afterwards.' "'Mickey, we just love these nice people. "'Let's go drink their milk and eat their red berries.' "'Well, Miss Chicken,' said Mickey, turning a dull red. "'The Harding family were laughing. "'All right, everybody, move,' said Peter. "'What do you want to take with you, Mickey?' "'That basket there,' he said, "'and that box. "'You take that, Junior, and you take the precious child. "'And the slate and the books, dearest lady, "'and I'll take my family.' I ain't so sure about this lady. She's sweaty now, and riding is the coolingest thing you can do. We mustn't make her sick. She must be well wrapped up. Why, she couldn't take cold today, began Peter. You and Junior shoulder your loads and go right down to the car, said Mrs. Harding. Mickey and I will manage this. He is exactly right about it. To be taken from such heat to the conditions of motoring might— "'Sure,' interposed Mickey, dreading the next word for the memories it would awaken in the child's heart. "'Sure, you two go ahead. We'll come in no time.' "'But I'm not going to lug a basket and have a little chap like you carrying a child. "'You take this, and I'll take the baby.' Mickey's wireless went into an instant action, and Peaches promptly rebelled. "'I ain't no baby,' she said. "'Miss Leslie Moonshine Lady sent me her hair ribbons, "'and I spect she's been crying for them at back every day. "'And my name what Granny named me is Peaches, so there.' "'Corrected, beg pardon,' said Peter. "'Miss Peaches, may I have the honor of carrying you to the car?' "'Nope,' said Peaches with finality. "'Nobody, not nobody, whatever, "'not the biggest millionaireingest, 
"'Nobody alive can't ever carry me, "'Nelson Mickey says they can, "'and he is away off on the cars. "'I like you, Peter. "'I just like you heaps, but I'm Mickey's, "'and I got to do what he says, "'cause he makes me, just like he ort, "'and nobody can't ever, not ever, "'tend me like Mickey.' "'So that's the ticket,' mused Peter. "'Yes, that's the ticket,' repeated Peaches. "'I ain't heavy. "'Mickey carried me up. "'Down is easier.' sure said mickey i take my own family you take yours we'll be there in a minute peter and junior disappeared with thankfulness and speed mrs harding and mickey wrapped peaches in the sheet and took along a comfort for shelter from the air stirred by motion steadying his hand which he wished she would not they descended did she think he wanted peaches to suppose he couldn't carry her he ran down the last flight to show her frightening her into protest, and had the reward of a giggle against his neck, and the tightening of small arms clinging to him. He settled in the car, and without heeding Peter, wrapped Lily in the comfort until she had only a small peep of daylight, and they started. Mickey knew from Peach's labored breathing and the grip of her hands how agitated she was. But as the car glided smoothly along, driven skillfully by mentality, Guided by the controlling thought of tiny lame back, she became easier and clutched less frantically. He kept the comfort over her head. She had enough to make the change, to see so many strangers all at once, without being excited by having her attention called to unfamiliar things that would bewilder and positively frighten her. Mickey stoutly clung to a load that soon grew noticeably heavy, while over and over he repeated in his heart with fortifying intent, she is my family i'll take care of her i'll let them keep her for a while because it's too hot for her there but they shan't boss her and they gotta know it first off and they shan't take her from me and they gotta understand it right at that point mickey's grip tightened until the child in his arms shivered with the light of being so enfolded in her old and only security she turned her head to work her face level with the comfort and whisper in chortling glee "'Mickey, we are going just stylish like merely near folks, ain't we?' "'You just bet we are,' he whispered back. "'Mickey, you won't let them get me, would you?' "'Not on your life,' said Mickey, gripping her closer. "'And Peter wouldn't let them get me.' "'No, Peter would just swipe them clear off the slate if they tried to get you,' comforted Mickey. "'We're in the country now, Lily. Nobody will ever think of you away out here.' "'Mickey, I want to see the country,' said Peaches.' "'No, miss, I'm scared now,' replied Mickey. "'It was awful hot there, and it's lots cooler here, "'even slow and careful as Peter's driving. "'If you get all excitement and rearing around and take a chill, "'and your back gets worse, "'just when we have such a grand good chance to make it better, "'you duck and lay low, "'and if you're good and going out doesn't make you sick, "'after supper when you rest up, "'maybe I'll let you have a little peepy yellow chicken in your hand "'to hold a minute.' "'and maybe I'll let you see a cow. "'I guess you'd give a good deal to see the cow that's going on your book, wouldn't you?' "'Peaches snuggled down in pure content, "'and proved her femininity as she did every day. "'Yes, but when I see them, maybe I'll like a chicken better and put it on.' "'All right with me,' agreed Mickey. "'You just hold still so this doesn't make you sick, "'and tomorrow you can see things when you are all nice and rested.' "'Mickey,' she whispered, Mickey bent, and what he heard buried his face against Peaches a second, 
and when lifted it radiated a shining glory light, for she had whispered, Mickey, I'm going to always mind you and love you best of anybody. Because she had expected the trip to result in the bringing home of the child, Mrs. Harding had made ready a low-folding Davenport in her first floor bedroom, beside a window where grass, birds, and trees were almost in touch, and where it would be convenient to watch and care for her visitor. There, in the light pretty room, Mickey gently laid Peaches down and said, Now if you'll just give me time to get her rested and settled a little, you can see her a peep but there ain't going to be much seeing or talking tonight. If she has such a lot she ain't used to and gets sick, it would be a bad thing for her, and all of us, so we better just go slow and easy. Right you are, young man, said Peter. Come out of here, you kids. Come to the back yard and play quietly. When little Miss White Butterfly gets rested and fed, we'll come one at a time and kiss her hand and wish her pleasant dreams with us. And then will every one of us get down on our knees and ask God to help us take such good care of her that she will get well at our house. I can't think of anything right now that would make me prouder. Mickey suddenly turned his back on them and tried to swallow the lump in his throat. Then he arranged his family so it was not in a draft, sponged and fed it, and failed in the remainder of his promise, because it went to sleep with the last bite and lay in deep exhaustion. So Mickey smoothed the sheet, slipped off the ribbon, brushed back the curls, shaded the light, marshaled them in on tiptoe, and with anxious heart studied their compassionate faces. Then he telephoned Douglas Bruce to ask permission to be away from the office the following day, and ventured as far from the house as he felt he dared with Junior. But so anxious was he that he kept in sight of the window. And so manly and tender was his scrupulous care, so tiny and delicate his small charge, as she lay waxen, lightly breathing to show she really lived, that in the hearts of the Harding family grew a deep respect for Mickey, and such was their trust in him, that when he folded his comfort and stretched it on the floor beside the child, not even to each other did they think of uttering an objection. So Peaches spent her first night in the country breathing clover air, watched constantly by her staunch protector, and carried to the foot of the throne on the lips of one entire family, for even Bobby was told to add to his prayer, God bless the little sick girl, and make her well at our house. End of chapter 13